Uh, this is the end of our five days amazing conference with incredible speakers. You know, from Pastor Ray, Ntatela, who just left us now, and uh, the Bishop Collins and you know, Apostle Glomo, you know, all of them, Matibula, Maxwell, so who came, and ministers, you know, uh, Bishop Freddy yesterday. So all 10 people were, no, nine, minus me, were fantastic. <laughs> so why would God gather us for five days and move 10 people to speak to us on one subject? Those are questions that you ask yourself. Is it because heaven was so bored? I said, how about talking about courage? You know, can you put people together and let's just have fun? I don't think so. Because every time God sets to do something, he sees further and better than we do. Now, words when they're thrown and then you don't have time to study them, they might be overwhelming. You know, courage, we, we spoke. You know, all sorts of things were said around courage. But when you begin to bring it down to where everybody gets it, what is courage, you know, biblically speaking? Courage is a very simple concept. It simply means the bravery to live out your life according to biblical principle. That's, that's courage in, in its nutshell. You know, it's, it's, it's not a supernatural word. It's just to be brave to do life as God wants life to be done. Now, why do we need bravery to live life according to God's principles? Because we live in a society and a culture that is totally opposite to what Christianity stands for. And it takes courage to swim upstream. That's why God gathered us together. So I will try and get tied the knot and, and finish the whole thing. But in that definition of courage, the key word is live. Life is lived. Not in church, at your house. Life is lived, not in church, at your school. Your workplace wherever you spend most of your time, this is where courage is needed. We don't need courage to be in church. We know all the song, we know the lingo, we know the move, we know when to fall, when to stand, when to cry. You know, we have memorized these things. But it's out there where people kill each other. Where politicians, all of them were ganging to bless the country are destroying each other. You wonder why. It's where you need courage. To succeed as a citizen to impact the culture of our communities. That's, that's the whole idea. Because Christianity is a movement of three times, or three segments. One is church. Two is culture. And three is community. We come to church to train ourselves into Christian culture. 
We go into a community to affect community with our culture. That's Christianity, one-on-one. -on -one. So, it takes a lot for you to stand for what you believe to be true until someone begins to do life as you do. The first part of, uh, of call are our children. People have come out of our loins. Do they see enough bravery that you will not compromise until it's done God's way? That leads to another point of how do you succeed? I have a little thing that I always call the paradox of New York. Because 23 years ago, I landed in a very, very cold uh, winter in New York at JFK. And as I've driven to the Bronx, where I will stay for a while because I was commuting, I will be commuting from the Bronx to New Jersey and, and do some trainings. It's imposing when you go for the first time to New York. The big bridge, Lincoln, Twin Towers before they were brought down, Statues of Liberty, high rises in Manhattan. You just think, this must be heaven. It's beautiful. It's a successful city. And I'm um, in that space of being overwhelmed by New York and I start commuting by train daily, morning and evening from the Bronx to, to New Jersey and back. And my eyes begin to open to the reality that you don't see when you land. That bunch of poor people failures, homeless, stinking people in New York, drug addicted, and it dawned on me. Corporate success does not translate necessarily into personal success. Oh, I've just said something big. You can be part of a huge movement called Grace Family of Churches. It's a brand, it's a name, it has imprint, it has achieved stuff that all of us stand and testify. Do you know Grace? Bishop is my, my friend, my closest friend, because it's, 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 it's a big guy. But now, does Grace success translate into your personal and individual success? You can be part of a succeeding church as a failing Christian. Think about it. And my little job this morning is to tell you, get back to work. That's our topic today. Get back to work. Bravery, courage, all these words we use in the Bible, they are pointing to one simple truth. Until you begin to do something about with your life, your life will just be a philosophy that is devoid of practicality. Every time God spoke about courage in the Bible, 
it had to do with work. Joshua, be courageous because you're taking people in the promised land. So and so, be brave because of this mission. So and so, do this because of this. You know, courage has nothing to do with praying and singing and jumping. It has to do with working. My prayer this morning is that you will achieve individual success in the midst of a successful church. Would you turn with me please to the book of Ezra chapter 4, 5 rather. We will read verse 1 to 3 and then skip read to verse 11. And then uh, speak a little bit and, and close our conversation. Now, if you can read in English, help me do so. Read loud, clear. And uh, it's even better because it's NIV. So, you know, God is in the house this morning. Ready? Good. One, two, three. Verse 11. Thank you. Beautiful, beautiful story. Chapter 4 and 5, it's a gap of 16 years, literally. Because of discouragement. 70 years, nowhere, prisoners of their own sin, taken in, into Babylon and all this. And then God moves at his level. Cyrus releases people and says, hey, if you want to go back home, do so. And, but go for one purpose. Go, go do, rebuild the temple. Restore your nation and worship your God. God has never changed this program. Every time he takes you from captivity of sin and brings you into Christianity, is for the restoration of society. Amen. You go do it. So Israel gets in the land and they were so excited, emotionally they're charged. With no time, they begin to build the altar and they worship God because the altar is finished. And the second project, uh, they started building the temple's foundation. As the foundation is finished, the enemy's pushback starts. It wasn't a major thing. You know, they didn't raise an army with machine guns. It was just chatting. You will be shocked. Our, wor our words can paralyze you. 
Just what people say. They said, and you sat. And you didn't sit for a day, you sat for years. Because they said. Some of us were pushing to our toward the 60s, we are still carrying in our memory bank where that dad and mom and cousin and sibling said when you were still toddlers. How many girls struggle with thinking you are beautiful because someone told you when you are small that you are not beautiful? That every time your husband praises your beauty, you think is manipulating you because they said you packed your life for 40 years. And everything you do for the rest of your life is to fight words that were spoken when you were six. Because words can paralyze you. That's why we need courage. Israel stopped working. But they didn't stop doing their own lives. You know, these people are building, those are doing this. The purpose for which they returned home have been stopped. No building its project. It's so easy to drift in life. Leaving your God's ordained mission to pursue shadow missions. Because one problem leads to the other one. Church is a center of worship so that cultures can affect communities. But you go church after church. The purpose of church now is to fill the place. For what? Just for us to be happy we are full. But how can you fill the church and not affect communities? Where is the courage of the body of Christ? And God had to do something drastic. Raises two prophets at once. A guy and Zechariah. And he said, hey, speak to these people. Get them going again. Revive their souls. So, a guy began to talk about the mindset. That, that was his prophecy. It's just the way you think. And Zechariah prophesied over devotion. The way you think and who you commit your life to Determine what life becomes. And in tandem, they're prophesying. This one is talking to the head, the other one is talking to the heart. A guy is telling them, hey, your priorities are out of whack. Even if you work hard, there's no result because what you have done is not the way you work God's way. You're built, you're not satisfied. You eat, you are angry all the time. Let me bring you to the 21st century. Do you know how many times did you receive an increase in your income? And yet, you're still in debt? Oh, maybe I have a Christian this. If I can only earn 30,000 rand, my problem will be gone. You, earn, you start earning 30,000, your problem increased by 30 times. If I can move to 50, 
the more you go up, the more you steal from governments. Because it's not the income, it's who blesses the income. Oh, my word, my word. Do I have someone in the house? Do I have someone in the house? It is not what you do, but it's who blesses what you do. Get back to work. That's the last barrier of courage. So that individual and personal success can match corporate success. South Africa is the dream of the continent. Everyone thinks if I go to South Africa, I'll be okay. But do you know the number of homeless? Less than 10% of South African people have savings of some sort. Only 3% of South Africans are safe for six months. 97% we are in danger for the next month to be bankrupt. No wonder when they skip one day of paying you, you toy toy. Hey, I want my money. Now, sister, we will pay you tomorrow. No, now. The issue is not 24 hours. Your money was finished 25 days ago. You were just hanging there. And yet, we are told, South Africa is the big thing. America is the big thing. Don't be fooled. But just carrying a title that I'm a member of grace. Succeed. And as a guy is talking to the brains, I think, think, this is what the book of Ega is all about. Consider, consider. You know, you don't consider with your heart, you consider with your head. <laughs> think, think. Why are things looking the way they are looking? And then Zechariah is talking to the heart. Say, return to God. Return to God. Get connected to God. As your brain thinks right and your heart is connected to the right source, you will be okay. You learn the first biggest lesson in my life. And it's the thesis that I want to share with you. It's so easy to allow a delay beyond your control to become a delay of your own choosing. That's where the old preaching stands. Delays can come in your life over things that you cannot control. Parent to die when you're too young and then you cannot further your studies. You have to start working too early. You have nothing to do. But now that you have made some money, why don't you put yourself back to school? You are still stuck when my dad and mom died. When did they die? Oh, 40 years ago. Really? Are you serious? The reason why my emotions are so, are so tender, it's because of, of the abuse home. When were you abused? When I was five. Now you are 55. 
Really? Would you turn to your neighbor and say, get a life? <laughs> Come on, give him praise. 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 God forbids that I make delays out of my control, delays of my choosing. You can still do something with your life. If you are brave to live by kingdom principles. That's the last barrier of courage. We don't have time to go and then begin to do exegesis of what I gave you. But I'll just give you principles. How does work done God's way look like? Because this is what I want to leave in your hand. Go out and do work God's way. Do it the way God wants you to do. And you will not regret. How does it look like in the real life? How does it look like when the service is over, each one of us goes back home? How will it look like from Monday to Saturday? Four things. Number one, work done God's way is God's honoring. You honor God's cause, God blesses whatever you do. That's the first principle. So therefore, the word courage begins to ring loud and louder as we begin to land a five days conference. I have to be brave to do life according to kingdom principles. And the first principle of the kingdom is I must honor the cause of God for what I do to be worth it. What does it mean to honor the cause of God? Jesus brings in his priestly prayer an amazing angle. You know, John 17 is a powerhouse of, of just major things. But in verse 4, Jesus prays this way. Father God, I brought glory to you by finishing, completing the task you gave me to complete. That's what it means to honor God's cause. Until you find out what did God call you to do in this life, you haven't started living yet. So courage is to go, okay, it's fancy to be a pastor, it's fancy to be a worshiper, it's fancy to be so-and-so, it's fancy to be a Ronaldo, it's fancy to be a, a mercy, but what is my calling? If my calling is to clean the bottom of baby Moses, until Moses become what God has intended him to be and be a faithful mother instill values in my Moses and Moses releases three million people I have done my job church this is what life is all about 
Heaven kisses and smiles on people who discover God wants me to honor him by doing ABCD. And whatever your calling is, pursue it. I deal a lot with students, postgraduates, PhD candidates, name it. One of the probing questions I ask them, why did you choose to major in what you're majoring in? 91% is because someone told me that when you finish in this, you will get a job. What allows you where to live. And then you begin to realize money is not everything to life. That's why you earn a lot of money, but you hate Monday. Oh, my words. You have invited me, I might as well preach. You go to that job not because you're looking forward to your God calling cause in life, but because someone have decided you're worth 50,000, 70,000, 100,000, and then you do a job that you're not pleased with. I have brought glory to you by completing what you, God, gave me to do. You want to see life smile on you? Find out what is the cause God gave you and pursue it. Bishop and myself, you know, and many preachers in the house, pastors, if you've been on this pulpit for a long time and led people the way we do, pressure is unbearable because of the expectation of you, Bazalwan, Your church members want you to be TD Jakes. Your church members expect you to be Benny. Your church members want you to be TB Joshua. Maybe Catherine Coleman. But the only problem is you are not. So should I come and make a fool of myself? To go, get ready, get ready. It doesn't work because it's not me. It doesn't work, it's not me. Do you want me to make a fool of myself? To go, then sings my soul. I'm not Benny and I cannot sing. Do you want me to be a fool of myself by moving my hand? I'm not TB Joshua. Let everyone da- do what God has called them to do and let me do what God has called me to do. That's my freedom. How do you change life, Bishop Chalo? By talking to the heart and mind of people. If they can think biblically, I've done my job. But listen, listen, God is a good God. From time to time in his mercy, He allows me to prophesy. From time to time, he allows me to heal somebody. Even if someone has a headache, I testify. It's a big thing. But I cannot call myself a healing evangelist. 
and I'm not under pressure. I sleep quietly. You want a running preacher? Find someone else. A hand running. So we have some American in the house, so we have to use American accents. I don't know where they come from. I'm just me. And I have to do what me have been called to do in this life. Would you tell your neighbor, be free to be you? When we were still younger preachers, it was amazing. We would do this big crusade and then, you know, it was just, for some reason, you know, the anointing to make people fall just came out. It was brand new, you know. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, when we were born again, nobody was falling. And then suddenly people are falling. So falling is equated to anointing. And then people are in line. You see your friend to the left and right. Whenever the left hand people are down, you're laying hand. <laughs> Fall. Fall, please. And people are going boom, boom. Now if you're not careful, you begin to force the falling. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, if it's God, God doesn't push. He touches. It's a craziness of doing what God has not called us to do. Find your cause. Pursue your cause. You will do well. That's why you have success stories in every endeavor of society. In sport, in science, in research, in, you know, Mother Teresa, in church, many. Name it. People can succeed in whatever God has called them to do. But you see, the beauty of John 17, 4 is this. Jesus didn't stop at himself. He goes to verse 18 and he says, The same way Father God sent me, I'm sending you into the world. Oh, read with me that verse. It, it's an amazing, amazing scripture. John 17, 18. My word. Would you read it? One, two, three. No, 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 no. You didn't read it in English. Try again. One, two, three. You didn't read it as Pentecostal, charismatic, demon chasing, you know, tongue speaking. Can you read it in that manner? One, two, three. Now read it for your stubborn neighbor. You know, read it very loud. One, two, three. Here it is. Father God sent Jesus into the world and Jesus is sending Christians into the world. God tomorrow do life with courage. Pursue your dream. Do business God's way. Open a space for people to see when God blesses your business what happens. Don't cut corners. 
Raise your sons and your daughters God's way with courage. Be a fantastic school teacher. I think one day we should do a Thanksgiving offering for primary school teachers who taught us one plus one equal two. The old best of mathematics is just that one figure. One plus one equals two. Remember your little brain? How you thought it was a rocket science? To write one was, you know, your hand is going. And then she's holding your hand. One. Mommy, mommy, I wrote one, I wrote one. And the old foundation of critical thinking is based on one plus one equal to. That's all. We don't praise them, but they make us. Some of us are calling a thankless, still effective. I will not lie to you. I have never praised my stomach or my pancreas or liver. Your beautiful livers, I thank you, livers. Never. I've never taken my lungs for a cut. We take care of trivial stuff. Whether I have hair or I don't have. Am I I mentioning somebody? No, I'm just saying whether I have or I don't have. You know, it's just a movement of hand. I am still alive. But remove your stomach and see what will happen to you. Many of you will never be praised by this life, but you are making the biggest impact in this life. Keep doing it with courage. When your son grows, he will talk like your daddy. When your daughter grows up, she will talk like your mama. Keep doing what you do. Even if they look crazy now, they will get over their craziness. I was a crazy guy, believe it or not. Smoked every smokable thing. Drank every drinkable thing. But where I am today, God is powerful. Number two, for you to do work God's way, you must believe God's word. Believe God's word. It's a powerful statement. Why is that important? Because it's only God's words that provides the necessary direction and encouragement to do God's work. Without the guidance of God's words, you cannot have direction and courage to do God's work. It's critical. It's important. If you want to be successful and get results and do it the kingdom way, pay attention to what the word of God says. 
Maybe the sad part of most of our conferences and seminars and major gatherings, it's not for word's sake. It's an event for emotion. Shoo, shoo. We sang. Shoo, shoo. Did you see the dancing? Really? Five days? Singing and dancing? And then go home? Be defeated in the world? If we want to check today, from Wednesday to this last segment of our conference, 10 world-class preachers. It's not about the preachers. How many of the things they said you kept in your heart? How many of the things they said will become your guiding light from today until next world explosion? I tease people because, you know, my other part of teaching student, I will always tag along somebody and say, hey, by the way, you know, I heard that you were attending the conference. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So can you give me a synopsis, you know, just a summary of what, you know, the, the, the theme and thesis and everything. Uh, 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 let me check my notes. And I go, dear student, if you have to check your notes to know what you were told for three days, you wasted your time. Because you are not preaching for you to you to you for you to memorize ten, no, no, not ten preaching, a lot of preachings. We are preaching for you to seize few things. The Lord, I might forget this, I might forget this, but this you spoke to me. That you spoke to me. This you spoke to me. How will live my life according to this? Why is that important? Luke 5 is telling us. Mr. Peter's trying to catch fish all night long. Nothing happens. And Jesus shows up. And he goes, hey, throw the net. And Peter said, we tried all night long. We didn't succeed. But because you say so, but because you say so, that is the whole conference. The courage to say, I will try again. Because from Wednesday to Sunday, God said so. Those of you who have packed your entrepreneur anointing, pick it up again. Because he said so. Those of you who grew cold feet to plant a church, go plant a church again because you need to reach a thousand because he said so. Those of you who have decided I will die single, I, I defeat that spirit right now in Jesus' name. Listen, if you are sitting next to a sister, just look at her and look at me. And then show your finger that there's no ring. Yeah. (laughs) It was Bishop Freddy who told us, Paul Paul was worried. Is it only me who cannot take a sister? Take a sister. There's a young guy in our church. 
He has been single for a very long time. You know, one of those sons you begin to pray a lot. Uh, He was single for a very, very long time. And then we would nudge him and do things, but nothing worked. And then, for some reason, he fell in love. For some reason, he got married. For some reason, he began to put weight. To put on weight. And I caught him one day after church. And I go, hey, how is it? He said, nobody told me it was so good. (laughs) If I knew it. I was going to get married long, long time ago. So I'm telling you too, it's so lekker. Get married and enjoy the benefit. And the people of God say, The words of God received this week, if you choose few of them to guide you, you will be brave and you will change your life. Number three, to do work God's way requires relying on God's help. Are we together? Nothing in this life can work if God doesn't help you. Prayer is powerful because prayer is a statement to God that Lord, I cannot if you don't. I'll give you one of my favorite verses and then we'll move swiftly to conclude. Let's start with 2 Chronicles 20 verse 12. You know, this is probably top of the list. Let's read it and and just feel the power of seeking for God's help. Would you read with me? This is King Jehoshaphat. One, two, three. Just pause, just pause for a second. Life is too complex for anybody. No education, no resource, no means is able to challenge life. We are facing too much to handle. We have no power. It's a statement of fact. Number two. No, let's start again. Number two, we. Pause. It's too much for me. I don't know what to do. That's the truth. Fact is, life is too complex for anybody. The truth is, we don't know what to do in many times. A professor from Poland came and is teaching these complicated mathematics and uh, None of the students get it. A friend of mine who is now a minister in government, for some reason, he got it right. You know, in a huge auditorium, one student get it. You know, the Polish professor is so excited, so beside himself, but he cannot speak French properly. You know, he wants to brag about this guy, you know, out of 400 guys that he got it. And he made the mistake of calling my friends to the front. Explain to the people how you go to the answer. The guy doesn't know. 
He stumbled on. Oh man, let me try this. He stumbled on the answer. But he cannot explain how he got there. Most of us will never tell you how we got where we got. It's, it's the stumbling, you know. Because we don't know. If books alone for church growth were growing churches, every church will grow. The truth is, with books, if God doesn't grow it, it doesn't grow. If education alone was enough, professors of economics will not have debt, but we know they have debt. Because we don't know what to do. But listen to what Joseph had said. This last part, do me a favor, read it loud and clear. One, two, three. One more time. One more time. It changes everything. It's too much for me. I don't know what to do. But I know the one who knows what to do. When I don't know what to do, I will turn to him and pray to him. The one who knows, he will help me. That's the power of prayer. I pray because it's too much. I pray because I don't know what to do. But I pray because I know he knows what to do when I don't know what to do. Don't pray because they are called to church. Pray in your bedroom. Listen, let me give you another advice. Don't pray in King James Version. You are not British. Pray in your broken English. Pray in Zulu, Pedi, Sutu, Tsetswana, Tsonga, Shangan. Whatever you are comfortable, tell the Lord. Number three, don't make it complicated. Thou alone said, oh God, God doesn't need it. Just tell him, God, I'm in trouble now. I've got too much debt. Help me. That is prayer. Hallelujah. 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 This is our life verse, my wife and I. Every time we have a challenge too big, we go, we know somebody who knows how to handle what you don't know how to handle. Oh, my word. My word. Let's get another verse. We have to wrap this. We have to wrap this. Let's get another verse. I think it's Acts chapter 9, verse 11. Yes, it must be. Oh, the Lord is on my side. You know. I sat there and I, I'm seeing Bishop Freddy quoting scriptures and uh, in a poetic way I go, Freddy, don't do that. You're putting pressure on me. You know, I, I have to read. <laughs> All right. One, two, three. Let's read together. Why? For? Read that last part. For? For? Every time you pray, God will dispatch angels. God will dispatch people. God will move things. Because heaven responds to prayer. He gives him an address. Go to this street. 
Not because he's a theologian. Not because he's white, black, colored, Indian. No. Go to this street. Not because she's a male or female. Go to this street. Because the person who's there, he is praying right now. Right now. Hallelujah. When you pray, heaven moves. Don't make prayer a church program. Make prayer the way you work, God's way. Oh, my word. Get back to work. Listen to this. Praying without acting is to mock God. Never forget. But acting without prayer is arrogance. The reason why we pray is for God to speak, to direct, to guide. Once the Lord has spoken, he has directed, he has guided, it's up to you now to do what he told you to do. But don't go do things without praying first. That arrogance. We pray, we act. But we don't act before we pray. Let's read another one, the last one, and then we'll take the last point and close. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. Wow, the Lord is helping me. I'm quoting, not, not scriptures, but at least the verse, you know. So next time I'll tell you what it says. And I, all right. That's an easy one. If you cannot read this, you cannot read anything. Okay, tell your neighbor, neighbor, read with me. One, two, three. One more time. Now read it for those who didn't come to church. Now read it for the generation that will come out of your loins. Because when you pray continually, you are help, asking God to help you continually. Every time I come to a church here, I'm amazed with the spirit of prayer in this house. That people pray like an engine that is ready to start. No wonder God is doing what he's doing. Because when you are a prayerful person, you become a powerful person. I'm not talking about doing the praying thing without praying. There's a huge difference. Because the people who think they are praying while they're not praying, especially with a new found treasure of speaking in tongues, danger, danger. How can you pray to God and check what is going on on your Facebook? You are playing, you're not praying. Because everybody who prayed, they understood something. I'm standing before the highest authority. 
When the mayor calls me, when the president calls me, when the minister calls me, I have no time to play with my cell phone. I have no time to send Instagram, Tatagram, or whatever gram that you send. But only in church. Someone is in a prayer meeting, he runs out first. Hello, 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 hello. I'll call you, I'm praying. Hello. I'm, really? You are not praying. Anybody who speaks to God doesn't speak to man until God has spoken back. When are we bringing back prayer in our churches? Don't confuse corporate success with your personal individual success. You might be a failure in a successful community. Last, my time is up. Last point. What does it mean to wear God's way? Is to trust him with his providence. That's the fourth thing you do. Work done God's way, number one, is God's honoring. It's honoring God's cause. Number two is believing God's word. Whatever it tells you, upon your word, I will do something. Number three, it is relying on God's help. I will pray until you move on my behalf. But number four, it is trusting in God's providence. The word providence simply means mysterious ways that God uses to take his people to his intended destination. Wherever God wants to take you is a mystery. But he will take you there. I was amazed how I married my wife. You know, maybe it's the best way to finish the preaching. I've been married to this girl for 35 years. I've known her for, you know, wow, my word. I've known my wife for 38 years. That's a long time for one woman. <laughs> but I, I love her. I enjoy her every minute. You know. I, I'm a very bold, courageous type of guy. You know, uh, fear is very, very foreign to me. I do fear, but uh, it, it's, you know, now and then. But if I have one fear that paralyzes me, is to think that she's not with me. I just go, no, 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 no. And I told her, listen, I'll do my best to save up money so that I die before you. <laughs> then you can leave. But don't die before me. Please, hang in there. <laughs> and then the second thing that gives me courage, her dad died very old. Her mom is still alive, but she's very old. And I'm thinking, you have good genes. Keep them up. Just keep living. You know? Just keep going, you know, kind of stuff. Now, why am I telling you a story about my wife? Because it doesn't make sense how I married her. She's from another town. I'm from another town. I did engineering. She did medical studies. So there's no meeting point. But now she decides to leave her town to come and do an internship at her cousin's place. And a cousin who happened to live close to where I was working. I was working for the railways before working for the church or for God. You know, not the church, God. <laughs> and 
So, this, you know, back in the day, they used to call me Rasta Man. You know, I, I, I was crazy. Yeah. I was just crazy guy. Okay, please don't call me, I'm a bishop. You know. <laughs> now, this day, I'm going to work. Early in the morning, you know, I used to start work at 7.30. And I'm going to work drunk. Oh, yeah. God is powerful. I'm going to work drunk. And I don't know if they will kick me out or they will let me work. And uh, my wife is leaving a cousin's uh, house to go to the hospital. And I saw her. I became sober. And I thought, oh! Rasta, what is this? You know. So, I'm thinking, that's a cool, cool girl. Ooh. So she goes, I go. She doesn't worry about me. You know, I'm just too thin, too tall, too drunk. She goes. And uh, I'm thinking about her, which doesn't happen because my brain thought about beer and alcohol, not women. Now I'm thinking about this girl. And I go, this is not me. But I'm not a Christian to ban the spirit. You know, I don't know. Any, any spirit that comes, let it come. <laughs> so, eventually, days go, weeks. And then there's this huge party. Huge. And in town, they know, for your party to, to rock. Bring Rastaman and his team. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, this guy calls me, hey, can you, can you bring your gang? You know, let, let the fun, let's let bring the roof down. So, I'm coming prepared that we will do crazy stuff. And as you move in, actually before getting to the party, I've, you know, charged myself with wrong stuff, you know, wrong spirit. I charge myself so that I'm already, you know, ready to go. So we are entering and people, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, and I look at the corner of my eyes. Yeah, it's the girl. I saw when I was going to work. And I'm thinking, this is strange. This girl right here at the party, this must be something. So my head is playing. But the problem is, I didn't know that my tank was filled to capacity. <laughs> 45 minutes into the party, I passed out. <laughs> Rastaman is gone, you know. They're carrying the guy, vomiting and stuff. Now, this is how she saw me and noticed me. You know, God is smart. Because if I didn't pass out, she was never going to notice me. So everybody knew the passing out guy was here. <laughs> and uh, so when the next day I came back to life and I began to recover slowly, 
And I asked the party guy, I, I saw this girl, anything. So, oh yeah, actually, I, I know someone who can, you know. So, and then, uh, because she was a church girl, she showed me the way of church. And I went to church because I wanted the girl who goes to church. Some of you have come to church today. I'm watching you. I'm watching you. And uh, because I love her so much, I told her, listen, as I'm speaking to you now, I stopped smoking and drinking. And guess what? I stopped that day, same day, same hour, smoking and drinking to this day. It works. The power of a woman. That's a good title. And uh, I had a Catholic priest who was my best, best friend, actually. You know, I loved him so much that uh, I gave my first daughter after I named, I named her after him because she was a girl I'd just changed Gerard into Geraldine. It's, it's to honor that guy. And I went to the priest and said, I think I found a wife to marry. He looked at me and said, you? <laughs> he said, yes. Are you sure, Sonia? So a Catholic priest, white Belgian priest, took me to my wife's family for the pre-lobola. You see, you should invite me so you know a lot. <laughs> now you discover What is the point I was trying to drive? God used crazy way, unexplainable, to bring us to where we are. If you can trust God from now on, that even if I don't understand what my life is going to turn out to be, I will trust your wisdom to take me where you will take me. Life will change. Would you bow your head? Can you have some people on the keys? I'll take a couple of minutes of your time. Because we cannot finish a great conference before our presiding bishop comes up without giving you a chance to turn it around. Church is about changing culture. Changing culture is about affecting communities. And that is the dream God has for you. That you came to church today. You heard the sound of another culture. A life of bravery. Lived based on kingdom principles. You know in your heart of hearts that even if you attended one, once in a while church, but you have never been courageous enough, brave enough to say, I will do life according to the Bible. But you know, a Bible is not a book of philosophy. It's a love letter of a God. You cannot live by God's way if you don't know the God of the book. That's what salvation is all about. I don't need to twist and manipulate you. When God calls, you know that he has called. If you feel in your heart of heart right now 
that God has called you and is calling you to open up and receive him as Lord and Savior. And you decide, I will start life this Sunday as World Explosion is concluding, doing it God's way. You will be surprised. If you're in this auditorium right now and you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, lift up your hands where you are. Don't worry about people around you. I want to see your hand up. Life honors people with courage to decide. Anybody, anyone, lift up your hands where you are. I see a hand right there. Any other person? I see some hand at the back. Any other person? Lift up your hands properly. You don't do it for people to see or to not see. You are doing it because you know I see another hand over there. Life is about deciding and being courageous and bold to do it God's way. Listen, we have lived long enough. Regardless of your smartness and everything that you have, life doesn't work well if God is not in a boat. Invite him in your life. Young lady, young man, if you didn't lift up your hand yet, lift up your hand. Don't listen to your head, listen to your heart because heaven is calling you. Nobody gave me a chance. They thought I was broke that I went to church. But today, the biggest pleasure is to change lives. You never know what your future and God will be. But lift up your hand where you are. Any other person, if you didn't lift your hand, lift your hand. I see another hand over there. I see another one. Hands are going up everywhere. All of you lifted your hands because you didn't do it Simply because people have closed their eyes, you did it because in your heart of heart, you were serious about the decision. People thought I was playing. I wasn't playing. I decided. My wife now thought I was playing when I told, I'm stopping today. I stopped. Because God honors people who decide. You lifted your hands. I appreciate. Now show me your courage. Stand to your feet where you are. To prove that you didn't do it because somebody closed his eyes. You did it because you decided. Thank you. Peel off your chair. Peel off your chair. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Even those who are in the overflow, we're waiting for you. Stand to your feet. Wherever you are, in our satellite churches, stand to your feet. Right now is a time to make a decision. Now listen to me. You have to do the third and most important step. Because coming to the front is not about the pleasure of the preacher. It's a prophetic move that God, I'm coming to where you are. So wherever you are, you lifted your hand, you are standing right now. I want you to leave your place. We will wait for you. Keep coming down. Wherever you are, come, come. We're waiting for you. Come, come. Come, all of you, come. Keep walking down. Keep walking down. Thank you, Jesus. If I hand the microphone over to our presiding bishop, the Lord was just speaking in my spirit right now. Yes, keep coming. Listen, church, listen, church. Thank you, thank you. Don't clap yet. The Lord was speaking in my spirit right now, something I never thought about. He said, do you think it's just for fun? that allowed you to testify about your addiction to alcohol and cigarettes and all the drugs. 
So it's because I want to set my sons and daughters free. Listen, church, listen. This is a critical moment. You happen to be in this room. You can fool yourself by trying to fool people or you can free yourself by being open to God. You are tired of addiction. You are tired of behavior that do not reflect who you are. And you said, I don't know what to do. God knows. But all he asks of you, come to the front as a sign of someone who needs help. You will be free. You can stay in your chair to impress somebody. Or you can say, I will be brave and courageous to get my deliverance. They are walking already. They are walking already. Keep coming down. Keep coming down. Keep coming down. Keep coming down. Whatever addiction, the devil is a loser. Whatever addiction, today it will be broken. Whatever addiction, sexual addiction, cigarette, alcohol, lying, anything that binds you, today is the day of deliverance. Today is the day of freedom. Keep walking down. There's a fountain, there's a floor. There's a Jesus, there's a Holy Spirit. There's the blood, there's power. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Sing it one more time as the bishop takes over.